Blog Talk Radio. Senior, a Sim Rose Senior on at 6.30. Uh, 
That's going to be fun. And we'll, of course, get your cat speak coverage. Uh, let us know <laughs> the inside scoop on that because it looked like you had a ball. So, man, we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. NBA playoffs, uh, the Sixers, they are just, you know, the process is kind of coming together. We're talking about that. So much fun stuff. UK baseball and softball. You saw all the sports, the whole gamut at the Catsby's, all the athletes dressed to the nines. So I can't wait uh, to hear your story and talk about the article you wrote. Uh, 845-277-9373 for y'all who want to give us a ring or at Cats Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter. So we got about six minutes or so before it's time to call Mr. Rose. And did you get his number? I think I texted you his number. Yeah, I got it. I'll I'll, I'll reach out okay. to minimize the technical difficulty. <laughs> well, you know, touche, touche, because, you know, for whatever reason, I just can't do that anymore. I don't know what happened. I was able to, to call and merge them and, and join the calls up and here lately. You know, back when Coach Min Jones was on, I tried it, and a few guests before that, and I'm just on a bad streak. So I don't know what the deal is, so I'll just leave all this alone and, and not try to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anything popping that you want to jump to in this little mini segment before we have Mr. Rose on? Well, just, you covered kind of everything I wanted to uh Go over, you know, being at the Caspies on uh, Monday was was fantastic. Had a good time with that. Uh, the baseball cats at, were able to salvage. Going on. Did you lose me? I got you. Lost for just a second. You talking about Justin Lewis and the cats getting that third game? Yeah. Uh, Up this weekend, uh, a lot of time to add to that resume and, and see if they can't host a few of these uh, regional games and and build off of uh, what they're able to do last year. And, and just real quick, that was the whole tone of the Cats piece. Uh, you know, I tweeted out that you know, and we've discussed this before, that people think for some reason that when it comes to the UK athletics, it's simply men's basketball. That's what people think. But Sean Farnham of ESPN uh, and Kaylee Hart oh, we... we might have lost you that time. <clears throat> Got the in and out. Talking about your boy Sean Farnham and Kaylee Hart's on there. Lost the connection with TB. We'll get him back as we talk about the Cats. He was there Monday uh, for all the awards. All the athletes were recognized. TB wrote a piece about it on um, CameronMillsRadio.com. Tons of pictures from the Twitter handle, at Cameron Radio. So we get TB back, get him to call back in, uh, at Cats Talk Wednesday on Twitter, and the Facebook page. All of the pictures TV got, uh, all the fanfare, all the festivities get TV thoughts. We got you back, T. Can you can you hear me now? Yeah, 
Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, you know, for the last year, uh, talking about overall athletic success, we talk about the Director's Cup standings. UK finished 10th last year, their best finish ever. They were 11th. They've been 15th recently. Uh, when we had Dwayne Peavy on some years ago now, he talked about the goal was to make UK a top 25 program, and we have surpassed that. Uh, when you look at the rifle team national champions, you look at the gymnastics team and what they were able to accomplish, making it to the national round for the first time ever, finishing in the top 12. Uh, you look at uh, uh, volleyball winning the SEC for the first time in 30 years. So there's a lot of good going on. And then on top of that, oh, yeah, the, you know, the football team has, has, has been, you know, to back-to-back bowl games. Uh, you know, kind of the biggest yawn, if you will, was when it, it was highlighted uh, about the men's basketball team winning the SEC tournament. I mean, that's kind of – I mean, that's the one that's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're used <laughs> to that. But there's, all, there's just so much success, and we've got so many athletes performing well on the field. And I'm going to – when we have a little bit more time, I'm going to talk about some off-the-field highlights uh, that, that were very important. But I just left the Cats beast feeling really, really good to be a Wildcat. And uh, that's why I'm glad I was able to go. I'm glad that, you know, it sounds hokey, you know, but I am glad that they are able to do, uh, do these kinds of things to recognize uh, the student athletes. Absolutely. And I've never been through it before, uh, you know, same pictures here and there, UKAthletics.com. But you really got to see all the pictures you were tweeting out uh, on Cameron Radio, your personal Twitter, and we put them on our Twitter page and Facebook page as well. So uh, it looked like a, a exceptionally fun evening, like you said, and, and probably the hokiness goes away once you were there. I, I, I mean, because they, they, it's not like they're just, half doing stuff they go all out to make it a really nice evening well and and that's the thing too is the the video department i think has become famous for the little snippets they do to get you ready for a football game get you ready for you will and it's fantastic and 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 you forget over the course of the year, yeah, we've had some really, really good moments. Your girl, Macy Morris, going for 35 at South Carolina. Just things that you kind of forget about. Uh, you're like, man, that's, that's, that's pretty good. So I definitely had fun. We'll, we'll, we'll tackle that a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to step away, see if we can't get Mr. Rose on the line, uh, and then I'll, I'll be right. back on, okay? Sounds good. Sounds good. So appreciate y'all tuning in, hanging with us. As uh, I was a little bit tardy, we started 15, 18 minutes or so late. Terry has stepped away. He's going to give Mr. Asim Rose Sr. a call. A.J. Rose's father, running back for U.K., had an excellent spring game, looking to be uh, a big-time compliment to Benny Snell this season. Uh, Got all the tools, heard a lot about him last year, didn't see as much of him as we thought, but uh, he brought it in the blue-white spring game, three touchdowns, over 100 yards rushing, and looking like he's going into the fall with a lot of momentum. 
uh, to lock up that number two role, to compliment Benny, to even also push Benny Snell uh, to make the backfield potent and take a lot of pressure off of whoever the starting quarterback ends up being, whether it's Terry Wilson or Gunnar Hoke. Uh, that battle will continue to play itself out uh, throughout the spring, summer, and in the fall and up to the season. And, Vinny, we are back, and I've, I've yes, got sir. Mr. Rose on the line with us. How you doing? Mr. Mr. Rose, how you doing, sir? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing okay today. How you guys doing? Doing good, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you yes, sir. taking the time. We kind of crossed paths a little bit. Uh, After the spring game on Twitter, I wrote a piece about AJ uh, and the good game he had uh, in the blue-white spring game, and and you liked it and were nice enough to retweet it and and then kind enough to come on the show. So what was it like for you seeing him uh, put together that big game in the spring game and head into the fall with a lot of momentum? Oh, it was beautiful. I mean, it, it was just, it was just at that point, just to, just to finally see uh, him, you know, like just score his first college touchdown. You know what I mean? Just to have that feeling, you know. And I know it was a, a like a monkey off off his back finally. You know, just to, to just to have that feeling, just just to live in that moment. And after that, once that happened, everything else spoke for itself. Yeah. And like you say, spoke for itself. All the other things that followed, I get you've been witnessing him do that his entire life, right? Exactly. Since five years old. I ain't missed a game since he was five years old. Me and his mother. Man, that is unbelievable. I saw where you retweeted a, a news segment. I think I'm up there. Uh, in Ohio, in your area, where mm-hmm. not only is kind of A.J. ready to go in and, and be a compliment to Benny Snell, but he's also kind of mm-hmm. going in ready to, to push Benny uh, if he continues to do what he's doing. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Like I say, between, you know, between him and Benny, their relationship is, is, is like right now a brotherhood that's like pretty much unbreakable, you know. Uh, I, I would just have to say on the flip side of that, you know, being, being an athlete myself at one point in time, you know, being, being at the same position and being able to communicate without no, no judgment upon each other and push each other, to me that's just a win-win situation for the both of them. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure come summer, come, come September, it's going to be some – some some serious to see because I know AJ gonna bring everything he got to bring as far as putting out on the field, and with him doing that, pushing Benny at the same time, it's gonna be something to see. Talking with Sam Rose Senior, AJ Rose's father, looking back at the spring game AJ had the Blue White spring game back on April thirteenth, Friday night at Kroger Field, and. As a former athlete, I gotta ask you, just just give us a scout report on on what your game was like, Mr. Rose. Let us let us know what type of running your style. Oh, with me personally, I was a quarterback. I played. I was a quarterback. I'm a lefty, so 
back then, knowing what I know now, I'd have, I'd have pretty much, I should have pretty much stuck with, with football, but I switched over to the wood grain, to the basketball court. Once I got a certain height, once I hit six seven, six eight, I gave football up my, my ninth grade year in high school. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, once I hit the wood grain, I just, the basketball, just, I, I excelled at that at the next level, college level. Wow, that's all right. And this was in, in Columbus, too, is that where you went to high school at? No, I went to uh, high school here in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, John F. Kennedy High School. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. So what, mm-hmm. what, um, what, I guess, do you see in A.J., what is, where is he most like you? As a football player, what does he have that you – what quality of yours do you see the most in him is what I'm trying to say? Uh, basically, his toughness. And, mm-hmm. you know, he got a field – he got a field vision from which him understanding what's going on now and how the game is played at the college level. That's going to that's gonna be special. That, that'll help him carry over – into each game, and versus him having his speed and and know how to break down, he gonna be it, it's gonna be something special to see. Now, Mr. Rose, I've got a question for you. Coming from a father perspective, mm-hmm. uh, I've got girls and they're playing their sports and everything like that. Mm-hmm. During the game, you said that you've been to all his games. How do you stay calm? Because I know that myself. I, I kind of get a little crazy with it when my girls are playing. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. You know, people kind of elbowing me and everything like that. But how do you, like, like when your son's out there, on, I'm going to race at Commonwealth Stadium, but cross mm-hmm. the field and score mm-hmm. a touchdown, how do you stay cool? Because I, I need to know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And like I say, being there and witnessing the game hands-on, and seeing him, seeing him do his thing, you know, it's, it's it, like I said, it's breathtaking. It's, 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 it's such a great feeling as parents. And, um, you know, just to see the joy, the enjoyment that he has out there with his teammates and the things that they're doing out there together, it, it, it's just it's beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see. Talking with AJ Rose's father of Sam Rose Senior, his transition as a Wildcat, oh, and the big spring game that he had a couple weeks ago. How does it make you feel, also, to to see you know, being from Ohio yourself, the the pipeline that Coach Stoops in Kentucky has? With a lot of Ohio guys coming down and, and doing big things, you know Benny, AJ, uh, you know Dorian Baker was hurt last year, but he's set to be back and do big things this year. What's it like seeing a lot of fellow Ohio guys doing a lot of things here at Kentucky? Uh, it's great to see. You know, like I said, um, you know Coach Stoops, Coach Merrill, they do a, a, a hell of a job as far as recruiting and getting them kids out of Ohio the way they've been doing it. And um, like I say, as you can see, them kids that's from Ohio, they doing their thing. 
and not taking away from any other kid on the team, but it's it, it, it's it's as a player when you got somebody else that's from like you from out of state and you got some other folks that's from your hometown or your near area, you know it's I don't know it's it's just like a I guess a greater bond between them because it's 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 a great feeling to know that. I have a teammate that's from my surrounding area, and he's doing his thing. So it motivates me to do my thing, and it's just a, it's a win-win. And coming up this season, we got Dorian coming back, and I can't wait to see that boy back on the field doing what he does because when he when he's out there, everybody knows what the electricity he brings. So I just want him to, to – I'm praying that everybody on the team stays healthy this year, uh, no injuries, and that carries over until – uh, the uh, SEC playoffs and UK will compete for that SEC championship. That would be amazing. Um, I was born in 1977, which is the last time they won the SEC in football. So I haven't seen it in my lifetime. So to see them get in a position to do that, that would be, you know, something else. That would be that would really be something. Oh yeah, that's that for you, that'll be like it was for me to witness the Cleveland Cavaliers win the championship. Because I was born in seventy four. <laughs> and, and and I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime, but hey, LBJ he showed us best and brought us back <laughs> home. <laughs> We we and Chad were just talking before he called you that we we definitely had to get your thoughts on on the playoffs and the Cavs and the NBA with especially being from right there in Ohio. Uh, yes, sir. Pace is giving them a little bit of trouble this this you know this time in the first round, but uh, you think they'll move yeah. on past them here in the next couple of games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, nice game. You're, you should see a change. You should, see, you should see a change. I mean, you know, it's. I don't know. We. I don't know what it is about us. We just. We. We start off slow. We start off slow for some reason. But once that train get to get to moving, it's, it's over with. And especially if LeBron at the wheels still, it's over. He's talking with Sam Rose, senior father of AJ Rose, talking about AJ, talking UK football, talking NBA playoffs, talking about everything. Mr. Rose, did you ever play with a guy? against a guy like Lance Stevenson that kind of got under that skin and was out there just trying to do something to set you off. Yeah, 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 all the time, <laughs> all the time. You know, and, and, you know, as a player, it's just, I mean, players like that, it, 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 it's their job. They put it their job to get in your head and get you out your game. You, like you got to be mentally tough. You got to be mentally strong to <clears throat> to get through that. You know what I'm saying? Most most players are foul out, grab quick foul, quick technical. Like I said, your mental toughness got to be got to be great because man, the things that he be doing, I don't know at this day and age if I was playing that, I'd be out there all all all, all four quarters. I'd probably get technical out. <laughs> you know, I'm an old school player. You know, I came out of the uh, up under the the the, uh, the old bad boys era, you know how that basketball was played. Absolutely, yeah, yes, sir. Now, just flashing back to the championship season, where you know down three one against Golden State, 
and and rally and win three in a row. Did you go to the parade? Were you one of the millions of people in downtown Cleveland? Did you jump in there and, and soak it all up? Oh man, I could. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was. It was during that time. I was on a. Um, uh, I was on a cruise. I took my kids on a graduation cruise. AJ and his brother Sean. We took them. We was on a cruise, and uh, uh, I, I forgot what we were somewhere in Jamaica, cruising through somewhere to the Cayman Islands, and we was on the ship watching that game. And when I say they, we had the people on that ship so shook up because it was about thirty, about thirty of us in Cleveland. And when I got back home, and we was able to to to, to get off that ship and go home and take the, and drive downtown, to this day, that was one of the most unbelievable things I saw in my life. I ain't never I ain't never seen this city and that many people in one place ever. But it was beautiful. And just to, just to see them boys coming down them streets with that trophy and, and just just celebrate for Cleveland. Oh man, I was a kid in the candy store, you know. I, I, was, a, I was a I was a grown grown man walking down the street yelling like a two year old baby. Yeah, it was it was lovely. <laughs> man, now now let me ask you this: the the Cavs championship. You just talked about how memorable that is. You will never forget it. Seeing them come downtown with the trophy. Now, let me flip it over to the Indians. I don't know if you're a baseball guy or not. You know, they come, they've been to the World Series in 95, 97. Then, you know, they came close to beating the Cubs a couple of years ago. If the Indians right. get over the hump and win the World Series, do you think, and, it, you know, it has been 1948 since they won one, you think the Indians parade will top the Cavs parade? You think they'll both be – Kind of right there together. Oh yeah, just just kind of. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. Because you know, like I said, Cleveland is diehard fans. I mean, you have to be here and live in the city and go to the games and participate to see, you know, just how much these fans bag their team, win, lose, or draw. You know, and uh, it's got to be something. To see. I would love for that to happen. Just like I've been loving the hope and praying that our brownies get it together. But, you know, it's just one day and one game at a time with them, and we take it and, and we run with what we got to run with. But I say if the Indians could get it together and bring the World Series here, man, that would be, be perfect. And they, I mean, they they got a good team. They still, you know, that, that window is still there for them. Uh, still yeah. got a good young squad, so. Yeah, it could happen in the next year too, where they they, they close oh, the yeah. deal on Everybody the World Series. Yeah, they're young, and, and we just you know everybody being healthy is key. Once you lose a key person from a key position, you know if, if the next person that's in position to step up ain't stepping up, you know it's it's, it's, it's frustrating. Now speaking of frustrating, I'm I'm not. I'm not banging on the Browns, but it's been some lean times. They look to finally have made some some pretty decent moves in the off season. Some some stuff that kind of makes sense. We got the draft coming up, you know, this weekend. 
do you see mm-hmm. them kind of maybe finally getting it together this year, kind of making the right steps? I, I hope and pray. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know the the draft itself. Uh, uh, the draft itself is like to me. I'm a you know I'm on the outside looking in, but to, for people to be in certain positions and are able to make certain calls or decisions to bring certain players in here that we yearn for, and then let you got to know that player ends up somewhere else. I mean, uh, I talk, talking about the Browns just take take me to a whole nother other. I just want to be able to for for this draft for them to to make the key and the right decisions, get the key players that we need, and let's go to work. You know, so we're going to see. Like I said, tomorrow draft starts. Uh, I mean, from folks that I know here, you know, everybody keying keying on on the running back position, quarterback position, and the linebacker position. And I would say out out of the draft, those are the top three positions that's got the top athletes right now coming out of college. So we get we are in a position to make at least get one of them, possibly two. But let's see what we do. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'm not a Browns fan, but I'm I'm hoping that that they do kind of take some steps because this. It's a shame for a fan base to have to keep going through this year after year. And if they do get good, part of me would kind of feel sad that that Joe Thomas played all those years and didn't miss a game. Yeah, and Joe, then, Joe. you know, his his body kind of broke, didn't let him down, and he won't be around to be part of that. Yeah, Joe, Joe, he, I mean, that guy, that guy was 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 Cleveland, Cleveland all day. Win, lose, or draw. He came out there, put his helmet on, strapped up, went to war. You know, was I would say had a great career. You know, didn't have, as I can remember, any major injuries. You know what I'm saying? Besides this past year, I think he was he was out one or two games, if if that. But um, got to be somebody we totally miss. So you know, um, the next player up. You got to step up, you know, especially at at that position. So you know, he he left a mark on the field, you know. So the next one in line better be the one to fill his shoes because those are some hard shoes to fill. And and with you playing the quarterback position, I know you're a lefty, and he was a left tackle. But still, I know you you have to appreciate the the way he took his job seriously about not letting his man get near. The quarterback. Oh yeah, and keeping his quarterback upright. Oh yeah. oh yeah. See, that's one thing about being at the quarterback position, and especially you being a quarterback and a running back. Those linemen, those line, those, those linemen are your key to life. And you know, when you got some linemen out there that's 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 going to war with my team every each and week, and 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 doing what they do to protect you. You know, I, hats off to any any lineman, any any offensive lineman. You know, because that's a, that's a heck of a job to do on a consistent basis. And and these quarterbacks and running backs, you know, like I say, you know, at one point in time, at the game, 
You got to go get them a T-bone or something just to let them know they appreciate it. Make it happen. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, with with the season coming up, uh, I guess you're going to be at all the U.K. games in Lexington, and you go, you yes, go to sir. the home and yes, road sir. games. Yes, sir. September 1st. Can't wait to get back down to Lexington. That's right. What do you uh, and did you go to all the road games too? No, well, actually, actually, last year we did all home games. Uh, uh, I think we did three, two, three away games, and we missed, I think, a, a couple away games last year. But uh, basically, we okay. did all, all the games except about two, two or three. But this this year we we, we had every game home and away. Oh man! So are there are there some places on the road that you're looking forward to seeing or, or checking out in particular, or they all, does it matter? Uh, no, it, it, no, it, it really don't matter. You know, like we in full support uh, a big blue nation, and uh, you know we want to be there for them kids. You know, home or away, because it ain't nothing like seeing, you know, uh, uh, support, especially away. You know, especially at the away games, it ain't nothing like seeing that support, knowing that you know they can look up in the stands and see that blue and white cheering for them. You know, and um, yeah, I can't wait to be a part of. It. Oh man, we're definitely looking forward to it too. Uh, hoping AJ has a big year, the Cats have another big year, uh, making yeah, three years sure. in a row going to a bowl game. And for sure, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you taking the time to to hop on and and talk about it on the show with us. We're really honored to have you, and appreciate you taking the time. Oh, ain't no problem at all. You guys keep doing what you do best, and uh, go Big Blue. Thank you very much, Mr. Rose. Yes, sir. All right, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rose. Hey, all right, no problem, anytime. All right. Mr. All right. Sam Rose Sr. joining us this evening, talking about his son, A.J. Rose, the big spring game he had, looking forward to the upcoming season, uh, talk some Cavs and Browns and Indians because, you know, he's from – right there in Ohio, so we just had to do that, man. That was fun, TV. That was fun. Well, definitely enjoyed Mr. Rose being on. We will take us a quick break, and uh, once again, the number to give us a call is 845-277-9383. Seven three at Cast Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter. We'll take a quick break, play a little song, get that all queued up, talk about the roster construction, NBA playoffs, all that and a whole lot more. Stay right with us, y'all, because we will be right back.
Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back to Cat Talk Wednesday. Brown and Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com. Benny Hardy, Terry Brown, bringing another fun show. Just had a lot of fun talking to a Sim Rose Sr., Mr. A.J. Rose, A.J.'s father. Talk UK with him, spring game. And, of course, some Cavs, Browns, and Indians because that's, that's his squads professionally in the state of Ohio. So I had a lot of fun talking with him. Excited about the upcoming season. Uh, and we'll be here before we know it. We're looking forward to it as well. And and AJ is poised to, to do big things. He's got all the tools. It looks like he's kind of putting it all together. Uh, a big-time compliment to Benny Snell. Also push Benny Snell and help take pressure off of Gunner Hope, Terry Wilson, and or or both, whoever ends up being the signal caller going into the fall. Yeah, we've we've said it's one of those tropes uh, for a reason that every quarterback, your best friend, is a good running game. So, uh, and we've seen recently with 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 Benny and Boom two seasons ago now how they were able to have that 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 dynamic. Uh, they both were thousand yard rushers, and that really opened up the offense uh, for us. So, looking forward to getting back to that. And, and if 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 AJ and Benny are pushing each other, then I think that that's that's a good sign uh, for everybody. Absolutely. I got a couple of things to bring up from home, and come everybody knows on. From Harlan County, Kentucky, but I got a, I got a sad note and got a happy note. Uh, got to extend condolences to Howard Jordan and his family. Uh, Howard passed away early this morning. Went to school with him. Uh, schooled all his cousins, Calvin Long, Tony and Jermaine Simmons. Uh, still see him when I go back home. Uh, Howard was living down in Texas. Uh, and got in bad health and, and passed away. So it was a big shock to everybody, you know, my graduating class, you know, everybody that was a year or two ahead of us, a year or two behind us. Uh, everybody knew how he always out on the court, you know, my name being Vinny and all. He's always hollering at that, that microwave, making that Vinny Johnson reference every time we was out there going at it, uh, either in school or out there on the playground, you know, the, the Rotary Park out there comes in Kentucky to play outdoors at the court down there. He said, yeah, every time I see him, hey, yeah, hey, microwave. And actually friended him on Facebook, you know, how you know how you run into people that you went to school with uh, or cross paths and run into people on Facebook. And so you, you friend each other and you, you, you get caught up or uh, things like that. And that's kind of, I believe, let me see, that's what he That's what he said, you know, hit me as soon as we, we crossed paths on Facebook, he hit me with that that microwave. Uh, so definitely sad to hear his passing and thoughts go out to all of his family, the Longs, the Jordans, the Simmons, uh, the entire family, thoughts and condolences to all of them. No smooth transition at all, and it never is. But we also got to mention our guy from Harlan County as well, Freddie Maggard, 
who was in the news a few days ago with his hire for UK football coach. Stoops hired him as the UK football director of player development, which is a position that's just tailor-made for him. He's helping the guys on the field, off the field, while they're playing, while they're done playing. It's got Freddie Maggard's name written all over it, and you and I TV had him on the show many times. I watched him as a first grader playing quarterback and you know, taking Cumberland to state championship games. We already know he's going to crush it in this new position. So, but congratulations to Freddie for his new job. Yeah, I was able to, to talk to him for just a little bit. He was kind of the man of the hour. Uh, uh, on Monday at the Catsby's, but uh, was able to express uh, congratulations to him in person and uh, and everything. Actually, sitting at the table next to him for a chunk of the night. But uh, I, I I don't know if I tweeted this out or I, I thought it. I've said it. Uh, not only is, is Fred Maggard a great man, uh, but I don't know of anyone that loves the University of Kentucky and its football program more than Fred. And it just seems like uh, when I saw the news, you said to yourself, okay, this makes sense. Because <laughs> Freddie cares about the UK, he cares about football, and he cares about the young men coming through the program. So it, it's, a, it's a natural fit. And, and if, you know, listeners remember when we had him on, he knows football and he knows how to, to, to get young men where they need to be. And so it's a uh, – it, as Mr. Rose said earlier in the show, it's a win-win for everybody. It's great for Freddie. It's going to be great for the football program. And, and it's that kind of move, bring a, a Fred Maggard into the program that that I think is going to be uh, key to kind of getting over that hump, getting off that seven-win plateau, let's get eight, let's get nine. I, I think that's going to be one of those moves that we look back and say, okay, yeah, that that's kind of what elevated the program a little bit uh, because you get that when you look at Alabama football, you look at Ohio state, you look at Georgia, you got guys and, and, and I'm not saying anything wrong or against coaches that kind of come in from outside and everything, but uh, you, you need kind of an in-state guy to bring that fire uh, to the, to the program. And, and I think that's what Freddie's going to be able to do. And you, you take a guy like a, a, a Stephen Johnson, and we'll talk about him, I'm sure. You watched him at the Catskies. We all covered games that he played in. We watched games that he played in. But you got a guy like Freddie Maggard helping him achieve whatever he wants to achieve post-football. We know that Stephen, you know, after the season, said he was not going to play football anymore. He had retired. He was done with football a couple weeks ago. The laundry list of injuries that he battled through was revealed. And, I mean, everybody knew he was how tough he was, knew he was playing hurt, but didn't probably didn't really know he was playing that hurt. And he continued to go out there. You know, at the Tennessee game, went to the locker room, saw him come back out, and hurdled a volunteer defender. Uh, on that drive to cap the game off. So now you got Freddie helping Steven pursue whatever dreams, goals he's wanting to. Uh, Courtney Love, all these guys who 
once they finish playing, uh, whether it be NFL or whether it be whatever they're wanting to go into, uh, you got Freddie Maggard backing them and helping them uh, continue their maturation as adults and transition if they're not going to play football anymore. So it's, it's like you said, it's a, a win-win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and that was honestly the theme of the Catspies was excellence on the field, excellence off the field, but then, you know, what do you do when you move on? And Mitch Barnhart came out and, and led off the show with a speech uh, talking about the, the North Star, what guides us, what's our guiding principles. And it really it wasn't the to championships of which, as I said earlier, obviously being number 10, uh, in the country and the Directors Cup standings, the on the field is there, right? We have reached that plateau. Uh, obviously, shooting to go higher, but we have reached kind of that goal. What was what he started talking about was the impact that the student athletes and coaches can make in the community right now. And he talked about Courtney Love winning the Danny Werfel Award uh, that goes to a college football player that's athlete. That's that's a student, and that's involved in the community, and 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 that was a, a big deal, and just what kind of is expected of uh, being a wildcat athlete, and every winner uh, to to a young man to a young woman, every winner talked about number one how important it was to them to be part of the Big Blue Nation. And then they talked about being able to compete at the highest level. Uh, a lot of different winners talk about, you know, playing in the SEC. And, and you know what a challenge that is going to be. But then talk about making an impact not only in Lexington, not only in Kentucky, not only in America, uh, um, but um, Henrik Larson, who was the – we talked about freshman phenoms. He was a freshman phenom that – got uh, the track team, not track team, I'm sorry, the rifle team back on track and winning the uh, 2018 championship. He's from Sweden, but he talked about how what he had already learned in his short time here, he was going to be able to take, you know, back home or wherever he, you know, ends up going. That is when I talk about um, really being excited to be a Wildcat, that's what I'm speaking to. Uh, Steven Johnson won the Wildcat Heart Award. And we all know, um, as you talked about the injuries he had to deal with. I mean, we had to all chuckle. You know, he is in a full uh, from hip to ankle knee brace now. You know, when the season ended, you know, however long ago. So he's still, you know, kind of working through it. And, uh, you know, there were other folks, and I want to get this right, that won the uh, Blue Heart Award. And, and this was to, to folks that had overcome injuries and had come back. And this really touched me as well. And I want to make sure I get all the names right, because if I do it from memory, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to mess it up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Steven Johnson won the Heart of uh, the Wildcat Award. The Blue Heart Award um, – Again, young men, young women overcome injuries and had come back to their team, had come back to 
to play at a high level. Ashley Dusick, uh, volleyball, uh, Aaron Rethlake, yeah. softball, Peyton Atkins of women's soccer, Brett Marshall, uh, who had Tommy John surgery, is still pitching. Uh, and I mean, I'll get to Coach Mingione in a moment, but uh, Brett Marshall for baseball and TJ Collett for baseball. Uh, let me just say, you know, we had Coach Nick on, and he's kind of all over the place. That guy makes you want to play. When he starts talking, even if it's just in a short little bit, he gets you, number one, you're going to want to play for Kentucky. And number two, you're going to want to run through a wall for this guy. Like he's just got an enthusiasm that's just infectious. And, and, and he was there, uh, and Rachel Lawson softball's talking. Like we have said this before, and, and I think this bears repeating. Mitch Barnhart has brought in some really great coaches into the Wildcat family. Coach Florial for track, uh, Coach Curry for women's soccer, uh, uh, Coach Skinner uh, for uh, volleyball. Uh, just all these uh, just, just great, great coaches. I mean, I'm biased, but why wouldn't you want your kids to play at the University of Kentucky? So, uh, it, but it was a great night. It was uh, a very festive night. Uh, and I'm glad I had the opportunity to go and, and definitely would love to, to do it again. Yeah. And the, you know, the pictures with, with the blue, you know, from the carpet, from head to toe, the lighting, they, as what Terry Crews says in White Chicks, the, the ambiance, the whole, just the way <laughs> it came across in, in the pictures just looked really Really cool, too. So, I mean, just had that extra little something on it. Of course, we're both biased as far as that goes as well. But Memorial, they turned it out, and it, it looked great. Um, and so it, it definitely like a lot of fun to be at. And got to, you know, give props again because I, I mentioned to you that uh, our girl, and we had her on the show a while back, Brandy Roman who, you know, baked the trophy, the, the cake that looked like the trophy in 2012, uh, has done stuff, UK campus cakes for the 150th anniversary of UK, uh, baked cake pops for Chuck and Gumble and all those guys for CBS and the tournament. She did all the desserts for the Catsby's. I saw her Instagram post. Uh, so when you tweet out you're going to be there, uh, that you're going to be eating all of her desserts. So uh, you got a picture of her desserts and put on the, the Facebook page and the Twitter page, and she uh, was, of course, right there again doing her thing for uh, Happy as a Lark in her bakery there. And, and she's just phenomenal, too. Yeah, and and they were it, they were delicious. I mean, the food was fantastic. The desserts, I made sure to, to get – uh, I'm going to go with just say officially one of the cupcakes. Could have been more, but I'm going to go with officially uh, one <laughs> of the cupcakes. On the record. Uh, on the yeah, record, on the record one. one. That's what you're telling us. That's what you're telling us. That's what you're going to tell us, which is perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I mean, it was, I it, believe it was a blue carpet. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, but it was a blue carpet. It was just, uh, it was fantastic to see all the student athletes there. Uh, you know, uh, I said to uh, some folks, like, hey, these, these kids clean up pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of, I mean, a lot of the football players were there. The, the track and field team was the rowdiest. I don't know what was going on, but any mention of a track and field athlete, and they were they were rowdy. And you know, the women's four by one hundred uh, won the NCAA championship, so they were they won uh, female performance of the year. So just uh, it was just a, a great night. Uh, there were some fans that were in attendance, and, and I think that was great. Uh, uh, but like I said, they all. All the student athletes, like I said, they they understood what it meant to be a Wildcat, what it meant to put on that blue and white, and and it was a fantastic night. Yeah, and well, Kevin Knox was there on the pitch. I know he'd been training out of state, but he was there back in town as well, right? Uh, uh, Kevin Knox was there. Johnny David was there. Uh, Dylan Pullum was there. Uh, for men's basketball, I, I think the majority of the women's basketball team was there, in uh, a, a good mix of the football players. I know they've got a lot going on right now. Uh, a lot of baseball. Baseball kind of cleaned up a lot <laughs> um, <laughs> with with Sean Jelly being Mr. Wildcat, um, and Ashley Dusek of volleyball being Miss Wildcat, kind of the uh, cream of the crop, if you will. Team of the year was Rifle. Uh, I think I can understand it because they were national champions. But again, volleyball had a strong season, and uh, the gymnastics team I think also had a, a strong uh, season. Uh, but but it was uh, the Rifle team. Uh, Coach Harry Mullins was Coach of the Year. Uh, male Athlete of the Year. There was a tie with Evan White. Uh, Henrik Larson of Rifle and Sean Jelly of the baseball uh, of the baseball team, female athlete of the year Leah Edmond, uh, volleyball tied with Asia Sight of the swimming and diving team. Um, and that, one one thing I thought was really really nice is uh, there's the Bill Kitely Award that goes to someone on the support staff, and anybody that's a Kentucky fan knows what Bill Kitely meant not just to the basketball team uh, but just to the university as a whole you know he was that guy you know that that kind of tied everything together you know working for for coach Rupp and all the way through Um, so there is an award in in his name and that was given to um, let me find uh, to Jeff Poole as part of the support staff so uh like I said, it was it was uh, a lot for the student athletes, the coaches, uh, and the and the support folks. Um, the cats program that I didn't realize was the first of its kind in the country, and that's the tutoring uh, for the athletes. Uh, they talked about that, uh, and again, like we said, with kind of Fred Maggard helping them achieve their goals while they're in school, and what are they going to do uh, when, as the NCA says, when they go pro and something else. Uh, but as Mitch Barnhart said at the end, once a Wildcat, always a Wildcat. So that was – it was just a great night. And I definitely uh, – if I have the opportunity, I'd love to love to do it again. 
Yeah, and it's cool how thorough they are. Like you mentioned, the Kylie Ward, you know, everybody's recognized for what they do athletically on the field, on the court, in the pool, on the green, you know. But the managers and the support staff getting recognized as well for playing just this pivotal role uh, in helping things get done. So it's cool that they are not overlooked or uh, not thought about when they're organizing cat season and putting the whole event together. Oh, and it, it's well done. It's it, 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 like I said, it's it, uh, uh, you know maybe a bit hokey, but uh, <laughs> but but I, I thought uh, I thought that was uh, it was it was a good show. Yeah, well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, speaking of, we talked about you know a lot of people were there, and. One cat who will be there next year, Quade Green, has announced a lot of up in the airness and angst, kind of maybe a little anxiety about what his future was going to be. And turns out he's going to be back for a sophomore season. Uh, be one of the guards in that loaded backcourt, but he's going to be right there leading a lot of young, talented freshman guards, as Coach Cal stressed that he wanted him to do. So, uh, good to kind of find out where he stood. We still got some more to find out with you know, Vanderbilt and PJ and, and Winion and all those guys, but good to know that Quad and Green will be back. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think that we'll probably get uh, – and I don't like trying to read tea leaves, and I, it's not like I stay <laughs> locked in to, to all that, but uh, – Last I saw, maybe PJ was leaning toward leaving, but I, I think you get Jared, uh, you, you get uh, Jared back, you get Winion back, and I think that's the likely scenario. And you know, in a surprise, if you get PJ back, that's a squad. That's a squad you can run with right there. That's 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 a that's a team that's going to get back to that 2015, uh, 2012. 2010, we're just going to beat your team. We're, we're going to, you know, we're going to beat that tape. And, and I think that would, that's going to be good for the Big Blue Nation. It's going to be good for Cal and his blood pressure <laughs> to have a team uh, because he's going, to, he's going to have guys he can trust. And, um, you know, I think there were a couple of times uh, particularly Kansas State comes to mind and, and a couple of in-game situations where Cal did not call timeout. That uh, you know, most people kind of say you have to kick. Cal kind of lets his guys go. Well, now, come crunch time, if you can slide Quade Green out there, uh, and, and, and again, keep in mind, you know, he was the starter and then got hurt, yeah. and then his role changed. And he didn't miss a beat. That's right. And, and I think, and, and I think that that's kind of underrated. And what he's able to to do is not too many guys, even with an injury, will take a demotion and and and, and still try to do what's best for the team. And and talking to those guys, um, you know, after the game, particularly in Boise. And again, I'm gonna keep bringing up Boise because that was still 
I was still an adventure. But but he was very measured and 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 you could just he he got it. He understood what it took or, or what it you know kind of takes to be a Kentucky Wildcat. And that's what we need. We 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 need a little bit of that uh coming back next year. So uh, depending on how things shake up, I think Quade was a huge get. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited about that. And I don't care how crowded the backcourt is, Quade Green's going to play, right? He he's he's going to have a role on the team. Uh, he he's you know not as big and as physical as a, as a cow guy, but but I think, and this is this is this is high praise. I think sophomore and maybe junior quad a becomes a Tyler Ewis 2.0 where he gets Cal's complete trust. I, I kind of see that uh, out of quad a. So definitely good news for the big blue nation that, that he's coming back. Yeah. And despite the, the bumpy ride he had you know, being injured and it's, it's not just, you know, uh, uh, ankle injury is a, a back, which you know, anybody that says or has you know had issues with their back, it it, it shuts you down. I mean, if you can't you can't do anything if your back is not right. So that's what he dealt with, and then had to bounce back from and overcome throughout the season. And we saw him get better defensively. We saw him, you know, not the biggest, strongest, quickest guy, but we saw him start staying in front of his man better when you look at, you know, February and March as opposed to how he was in November, December, where, you know, guys could just kind of blow by him. He tightened everything up. And so, like you say, a sophomore, quad a green, you got to like that going into next year. Um, and not a lot will get said about it. A sophomore Nick Richards too, because despite whatever happens with the other bigs, with uh, PJ and, and Jared and Wendy, whatever happens with them, and Sasha already transferring, a sophomore Nick Richards, a Nick Richards with a year of college basketball under his belt, as raw as he was last year, you you give him a full year and and the worker that he was. That going into next year will, will be beneficial. I'm I'm not sure I'm gonna pump him yet like I did. You know I was on Michael Motors, you know, in his final year. That was my dude, my dude. I'm not quite there yet with Nick, but a sophomore Nick Richards is gonna be uh, probably maybe a, a a quiet under the radar gift that that BBN won't really see until the season gets rolling next season. And, and yeah, I mean, we have to keep in mind uh, that uh, as Cal says, these guys aren't robots, right? We we hear that a, a lot. Mm-hmm. And Nick Richards hasn't been playing basketball that long. That's right. That's what you have to keep in mind. And anyone that's played basketball kind of at any level, uh, there's a lot to it, and I'm sure there is for for other sports. I, I know there is. But there's a lot to it that's just you can't really teach it or talk about it. You just have to be out there and see things develop. And if this is only your third or fourth year playing basketball and you're at UK, I mean, 
my fourth year playing basketball, I was like in the fourth grade, you know, third grade. So, <laughs> I, I can't imagine trying to have that learning curve uh, on on that stage. And, and let's keep in mind, we say this all the time, that not every five-star freshman is created equal and, and or three-star mm-hmm. whatever. And we – and I mean in the big blue nation and, and, and wherever, we have to stop making the extraordinary our baseline. Like if I'm talking to someone about Nick Richards and they say, well, you know, Anthony Davis, I end the conversation. I end it. <laughs> or, you know, the 2015 team did X, Y, I end the conversation. You can't make the extraordinary your, uh, your baseline. What we're seeing, and we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs, I know, Anthony Davis may not even be 100% human. He may, he may be the next evolutionary step in what we're seeing. So comparing anybody to him is just not fair. Uh, but I think Nick Richards comes back, uh, or is, is coming back, obviously. But I, I think it's a, good, it's a good thing for the team. And, and I'm looking forward to, you know, who else is going to come, come back. And um, I like my team. This team coming up won't lose double-digit games. This team won't. This team's not going to have nail-biters, you know, against kind of lower-level SEC teams. This team simply won't. Uh, So I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as we mentioned at the start of the show, there was a lot of talk of changes and possible toughening up and strengthening of discipline and removal of one and done and all that. And Cal tweeted out earlier today that he hasn't even gotten to look at all that yet because he's in the hospital and had to have some minor surgery. Uh, Not even going to be recruiting this weekend. going to be in the hospital for a couple of days, but all is good. So got to wish Cal a speedy recovery and, and glad things are good. And glad that the surgery went well, uh, according to his Twitter, his tweet this morning. Yeah, and about that commission, uh, uh, Condoleezza Rice kind of had that up for the uh, NCAA. Uh, me personally, just reading over some of their recommendations, uh, I felt kind of mad, and then I felt. Well, this is just typical NCAA. Their their number one their number one point, what they led off with, was the one and done. Mm-hmm. And I think I can speak for a lot of people, Kentucky fans especially, to say, you know what? I've grown tired of the one and done, kind of bearing the brunt of what ails the NCAA, even in college basketball. No. That's never been the issue. Kids have always been paid. You know, we don't have to go back that far to see issues in a lot of big programs that bend the rules, that do all this kind of stuff. It's got nothing to do with one and done. Because even if you move the one and done, you say, okay, you and, – and, and the guys that can go – that are able to go straight from high school to the NBA, that's a handful of kids every year. Cal says it. 
you know, there's just been a handful of kids that do that. So let's say 10 kids a year do it from high school. Well, then you look at players 11 through 25, those top kids, and you're just shifting what kind of malfeasance go on to those kids. So I just don't like the whole, well, the one and done. Stop. You you just have to stop. Uh, Particularly here at Kentucky, when the one and done we've had, they've been really, number one, they're really good players. They've been really good kids. You know, we haven't had any issues. So I just don't understand why we're going to continue to vilify that. Uh, Also talk of making freshmen ineligible. Come on. We're not going back to those days. I mean, that, yeah. that, that to me is a non-starter. Uh, what the NCAA did, to summarize, what they did is what they do best. They outsourced the causes and issues of their problems. Like, their whole thing is, for the NCAA, the only thing that they can really control is, you know, we're going to get tougher on enforcement. They didn't look at anything else that the NCAA could do to fix the problem. And that's the issue. If your biggest, after all this time, your biggest thing is to, to basically lobby the NBA to, to change its rules, you have failed. And, and that's my takeaway on all that. Yeah, and they, they made sure to say not going to pay the players. Um, and like you said, the freshman ineligibility that was stupid back when Kareem and, and all those guys couldn't play. That was dumb then. So I don't know what would ever make that logical now. And, you know, guys would go straight to the G League and, and if, you know, ever go straight to the NBA, whatever. They're like, well, that's fine. Forget college. I don't, I don't know what kind of threat that is. I don't even know what the point of that is. Also, with the what lifetime bans and, and forget the show calls, it's going to be a, a ban. It's just, like you said, it's just a, eh. Yeah, and here's another point that, that, that Randy Newman of Big Blue Express, and you got to have him and his wife on. They are awesome. They do uh, great coverage uh, for the cats. But he has, we've talked. We've talked, you know, <laughs> uh, as we sit around before the games and everything. And, and here's the thing. They want, you talk about they, the NCAA and, and, and some folks, want to level the playing field. They think if they get rid of one and done, that Kentucky's not going to be Kentucky, Duke's not going to be Duke, Kansas's not going to be Kansas. And his point is a point I've always said, the big dogs always eat. No matter what the model is, one and done, Freshmen don't play. Whatever you set up, Kentucky is going to be Kentucky. Why? Because Kentucky has been Kentucky. You know, back when it was racially segregated, Kentucky won. When freshmen couldn't mm-hmm. play, Kentucky won. When, you know, the tournament you know, was set up differently, Kentucky won. When it went to 64 teams, Kentucky won. When it went to 68 teams, Kentucky won. When the three-point line came in, Kentucky won. It doesn't make any difference what you do, and Duke's going to be there, Carolina's going to be there, and Kansas is still going to be there. Like, you're not going to be able to to bridge that gap. Even if you take the top 20 kids out of college basketball, 
the best of what's left. So I, I think that before they enact, yeah before they enact anything, to quote Coach Cal, they have to do what's right for the kids. And the NCA is always a step slow. What they don't want to address is the way they set up things with the language of the student athlete and amateurism in the 1940s and 50s. It simply doesn't work today. It just doesn't work. Once the final four got off tape delay, <laughs> okay, once the TV rights started getting into the billions, once coaches' salaries started getting seven, eight million dollars a year, telling a kid to be happy with a free ride just isn't just, just won't cut it. So the NCA has created this black market, and they still refuse to address it. They want to talk about what the NBA should do. They want to talk about what shoe companies should do. They want to talk about what uh, agents, they want to certify the agents. But they never want to say, hey, let's look at the way we are operating. Let's do that. Exactly. And, and just little things like why Olympic athletes can make money, but men's basketball and football players can't. Uh, the Notre Dame player that hit the couple of shots, I can't think of her name, and if I did, I'd mispronounce it. She's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. And, mm-hmm. and the, the reasoning is she wants to study ballroom dancing or something. I mean, it's it, what? I mean, are you kidding me? Let these kids, I don't want to get, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but the NCAA is just, it's backwards and, all I got from today was they're going to continue to be backwards right? because they don't want to split that billion with anybody. Exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking of splitting, well, we can't split in baseball because of the series of three games. Um, Kentucky baseball, as you mentioned, salvaged the series finale against Florida. Um, lost two out of three to the Gators, number one team in the country. And Florida's pitching, it was just, you know, they were they were rolling the first couple games. Justin Lewis gets the win on Sunday, shuts Florida down, bases loaded no out, and he gets out of that jam. Uh, and deservingly so, he was the SEC pitcher of the week. Uh, Kentucky's 26 and 14 now overall, 8 and 10 in SEC play. They were um, they were 7 and 8 before Florida, now 8 and 10, which ties them for first. Looks like tie for fourth in the SEC with a midweek game against Moorhead State, and then. A weekend series with Missouri, who was also eight and ten in SEC play. So another big series. Uh, if you can win this one, take two out of three or sweep, you can leapfrog Missouri. You can break that tie with Missouri. Uh, you're game behind South Carolina, two games behind Georgia and Vanderbilt. They're both ten and eight, um, and you can continue to to climb. 
in the SEC. The rough start is kind of still haunting them, so they're, you know, overcoming it. Still got a lot of good wins, impressive wins over a lot of good teams because the strength of schedule is just ridiculous. But uh, if you put together a good series at home here against Missouri, then, you know, you can put another team behind you and continue to build your resume. Absolutely. And, and I, I think that, that's going to be the rallying cry as we kind of move into the end of the season for both uh, baseball and softball. They both have opportunity to, uh, to do that. So, uh, I mean, it, it's no, Coach Nick has, has said you, you've got to go out and you've got to do it. And that's kind of where we are uh, right now. Yeah, let's see. And softball, we have 28-15 overall for Coach Lawson, 5-12 and 12 in the conference. So, similar scenario, just bear down, <laughs> dig in, and do as much work in the conference as you can. Every series is, is precious. Every game is vital. Uh as you just try to position yourself uh, for the postseason and get some of that momentum, for sure. Looks like looks like their game was canceled today. Like they were at Moorhead and they got canceled. So uh, that's the latest for UK baseball and softball as they continue to captivate us. Each and every spring, it's no longer March Madness is over and then what do you do uh, as you wait for U.K. football from a U.K. perspective. All the teams across the board, you know, baseball, softball, track, rifle, all of them are doing their thing. So uh, definitely got to keep eyes on everybody and what they're accomplishing in all the respective sports. Not just you know the big revenue generating sports. Absolutely. These NBA playoffs, friends. Um, well, for, let me let me jump in. Let me backtrack first because um, you know we. I'm not gonna say we think we're comedians, but we we have funny moments on the show. We make each other laugh. We've had plenty of people on the show. We've had people who get paid to tell jokes for living on the show, Roy Wood Jr. on twice uh, in the past. But this past weekend, my wife and I got to go uh, and see four great ones down in Nashville, great comedians. Was it Saturday? Yeah, went down Saturday and spent Sunday in Nashville. The comedy get-down tour was in Nashville. It consists of George Lopez, Eddie Griffin, D.L. Hughley, and Cedric the Entertainer. And, of course, the late Charlie Murphy was also uh, a part of the tour as well, who sadly passed away a few months ago. And so our buddy... You know, David Davis had him on the show a couple of times. And I just texted him. I think I texted him because 
if you follow him on Instagram, he is, I mean, he's like tight as all get out with these guys. You see him backstage with him. You see him at a Dodger game with George Lopez and, and Magic Johnson and, you know, all that. You know, he's known him forever. And I believe I asked him how he got to know him on the show. It was the first or second time we had him on. And, you know, he went into how he got to know him. Now, I'm not texting him for anything. I'm just saying, hey, you know, Katie and I are going to see your boys this weekend because, you know, Eddie and, and Cedric and all of them were in town. And so, you know, just, hey, we're going to see you guys this weekend. I didn't think nothing of it. And he's like, okay, cool. He said, I'll get you some passes. I'm like, what? He said, yeah, we'll get you some passes. I'll text George and have him give you some passes. <laughs> and so he said, hang on, I'll hit you right back. So he texts George Lopez, then texts back and said, yeah, we got you to take care of. Just I got, I got backstage passes in your name and we'll call. <laughs> and so me and my wife, you know, had a little date weekend and we're looking for stuff to do. She just happened to see this coming to Nashville in the first place. She said, oh, the comedy show is coming to Nashville. I want to do that. Like, yeah, so we went, that's the whole reason we were going. And then, you know, David's like, yeah, I'm going to text Georgia to get y'all some backstage passes. So, of course, TV, you already know, with these mm-hmm. four dudes, you are going to be hollering. We was hollering all night. George kind of hosted. He kind of opened and, you know, he did a good 10 minutes or so and then brought Eddie out. And then Eddie finished. George came out, you know, cracked some more jokes. He brought them all out. Uh, This also happened to be the 100th show, 100th comedy get-down show. So George bought all of them huge rings with, like, comedy get down on it. On one side, it had Richard Pryor on it, and on the other side, it, like, had each of the comedians' names. And I think David tweeted that out on his Instagram, too. And, I mean, super nice ring. Eddie Griffin actually joked about it because he, he said that, you know, it was a 100 show, and I, I brought the guys some, some, some wine glasses, and uh, I didn't know George was coming and bringing rings like that. So I, I just kind of... I was real embarrassed about my gift. I was—I just kind of put mine over there and just kind of moved out the way. <laughs> you know, his, his glasses wasn't all that after George came with these big, humongous rings. You know, he said, "Yeah, yeah, we drinking out of these glasses over here." But you know, you know, thanks for the ring. And then he kind of just start gesturing and talking with the ring all night. But uh, hilarious all evening long. Went and sat at a specific section, and then the Bridgestone Arena security people took us all back to the green room and there were several people there. You know, some people had, y'all had little wristbands with your initials. We had GL because George Lopez left was ours. Some were waiting because DL then left past and some for Cedric, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and waited back there for a while and DL wasn't even really going to come where we were because, you know, we weren't there to see him, but he came through anyway, and so, you know, we had to shake his hand and speak to him, and and my wife and I were just kind of starstruck. We didn't even ask him for a picture, you know, and, and just, here he came, and there he went, and nice to see you did a good job, Pelaez, and he kind of comes and goes. Cedric comes in, 
And, you know, we do get a picture with him and talk with him, and, you know, he kind of works the room and moves around and talks to everybody in the room. And it was cool just just standing there hanging out with him for a minute and, and talking with him. And then we went across the hall, and George was about to leave. And so we just asked him for a picture real quick and told him that, you know, David is the one that texted you to leave passes for She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could tell he was tired and, you know, it's been a long night and he was ready to go. But he stopped and was just as nice as he could be. Every one of them were. Uh, didn't see Eddie Griffin, but saw three of the four dudes, and it was it was real cool. So posted some pictures of it. You know, my wife and I had a blast. And, of course, you know, our size was hurt from laughing because that's four of the great ones right there to ever do it. I know. I, I saw that, and I said to myself, look at look at Vinny out here. Vinny and the missus, you know, rubbing elbows and getting backstage and everything like that. I said, look at, look at our co-host here. He he one of the kings of comedy now. So <laughs> <Yes. laughs> well, we had fun. It, it was it was just cool how it worked out. And appreciate David Davis doing that because I mean he didn't have to do that at all, and he just you know went on and and made that happen because that's how he rolls. And so we was had the privilege of getting to meet them all too. So it, it was fun. Now, so I had to work that in. Um, these NBA playoffs, man. Um, I will start with Philly. The Sixers moved on past Miami in five. Your thoughts on them, the process, the the youth, the way it's coming together for them. We've had Michael Tillery on several times. We had Ron Glover on. Both of those guys from Philadelphia. Michael Tillery doesn't even really have heartstrings attached to the Phillies or the Eagles or anything like that. But when it comes to the Sixers, he still does. You know, he, this man, you talk about rubbing shoulders. You know, he's up there and talking to Dr. J and uh, Iverson and all those guys in press conferences and interviews and, and stories that he's written. He has made sure each time he's on with us to show his support for Brett Brown. I hope Brett Brown is around to see this all come together. He said that every time he's on with it, and now Brett Brown has got him to playoffs. They won the first series since 2012, took care of the Heat in five. They were rolling without Embiid. They're rolling with Embiid. You got a veteran in Reddick. You got, I mean, you, these windows don't last long in sports, but this window looks very promising when you look at how young they are as long as they stay healthy and hungry like they are. Yeah, I, 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 I don't see them getting to the finals just because it's a young it, – it, you just usually don't see that. Uh, mm-hmm. What comes to mind when you think about young teams, uh, I, I think the Magic made it to the finals in Penny's second year and Shaq's third year. I'm not mistaken. So that's kind of sort of where the two big guns for uh, Philadelphia are. I, I don't know if I'd say Embiid and, and, and um, Simmons are as dynamic as uh, Shaq and Penny. But uh, I do think that LeBron gets a little bit of help, and, and, and we'll talk about that. So 
Uh, but you have to, if you're Philadelphia, you have to, a Philadelphia fan, you have to feel good uh, about this and about the process. And uh, they've both been as good as advertised. And, and Fultz has given them some minutes. And, and J.J. Reddick and a lot of those guys, it's really coming together for Philadelphia. So they're setting up that get some valuable experience this year, you know, win some games, you know, get to the Eastern Conference Finals if possible, and, and then really set up for to, to be a really good team, you know, going forward next couple of years. But they've had the best record in the NBA over the last month and a half. So they're playing really, really good basketball right now. Uh, so I wouldn't want to, to have to scheme and, and, and play uh, play with play against them. So definitely a a step in the right direction uh, for uh, Philadelphia. Absolutely, um, you know, you, you know everything going great in Philly. Villanova, a couple titles. The Eagles, to my chagrin, break through and finally get the Super Bowl, so I can no longer taunt them for being the only team in the division to not have one. Uh, Kevin Hart gets blocked from going up on stage, but he has been courtside at all of the Heat games, uh, had a little trash talking with Dwayne Wade, uh, brought back memories of Spike and Reggie Miller. Uh, Meek Mill gets released from prison. They fly him via helicopter to the game to be there yesterday. Uh, just the Sixers needed more inspiration to close out the Heat. Add that to the mix. Um, Let me ask you this, because the debate is kind of going back and forth. Uh, We're talking about Mr. Michael Taylor. We had him on the show many times, and we respect his opinion. Do, you know, of course, everybody's speculating as to where LeBron ends up after the season is over. Do you see him going to Philly if so, if you're Philly, do you, I mean, as great as he is, do you want him coming to join the Sixers? Is he, I mean, Ben Simmons has basically been anointed LeBron Jr. potentially. How will that play out? If I'm the Sixers players, do you kind of want to, accomplish this on your own or LeBron comes in and they say they do make it to the finals or whatever him being added will of course give him a lot of credit would you want that no Philly fans want him I just wonder if Philly players want him Michael Tillery kind of compared it to Moses Malone being added to the Sixers in 83 being the final piece but there wasn't another sixer on that team to me that you could say was comparable to Moses Malone. And LeBron is LeBron, and, and Simmons is not LeBron yet, but he's off to a nice start with his triple-doubles and versatility and point forward and the whole thing. If you're a sixer player, do you want LeBron? Are you, like, lobbying hard for him to join you over the summer? Where would you be? If you were a Sixers fan or or outside looking in, how would you feel? What would you say? It's... Uh, 
mean, you want the best player available, obviously. If you're mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what the issue is, what do you have to give up to get LeBron? And I think that has been the issue with LeBron as he's taken his talents to South Beach, as he's uh, moved back to Cleveland is what is it, and I'm not talking about cap space, I'm not talking about money, but I'm just talking about mm-hmm. the culture of your team. And we've already seen that it didn't go swimmingly with uh, Kyrie. And, mm-hmm. you know, some other teammates have kind of bristled at how LeBron is is treated, how he kind of runs things. I, I just don't yeah. know if you want to bring that. And, and it sounds bad. And I know that you're saying, yeah, hey, we're going to give you LeBron James. But I just um, I don't see him being like a Kevin Durant and kind of getting in and sitting in. Uh, LeBron is always going to be the elephant in the room. And I just don't know yeah. if uh, – I, 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 I don't know – Especially if Philadelphia gets to the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe loses to LeBron, I just I think you have to feel pretty good with where you are as a team, and you don't need to make that move. Uh, but LeBron's going to end up in uh, LA anyway, so it's all kind of a moot point. Mm. 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 And and before we get to that, how can that not hinder? Simmons' development. It's, I mean, Ross not just going to be off the ball all the time, just posting up on the other block opposite of Embiid. I don't, I don't see that. So how can that not impede Simmons' progress? Yeah, I mean, LeBron is. is and that's what I, when I talk about what are you going to give up, there's a lot of things that go into it. You know, we saw before he got injured, Kyrie was Kyrie in Boston. And, and he was at, can play at elite level. Um, the, the, but if you're LeBron, here's, here's, the, here's going to be the challenge for LeBron. At some point he will physically uh, – Stop being able to do everything he can do, and he's going to have to make that transition. Uh-huh. Where uh, we saw Jordan and his fadeaway, you know, Kareem was still able to get his skyhook into his forties, and, and even Kobe became a little bit more grounded. LeBron's going to have to adapt his game, and is he still going to be able to mentally? Is LeBron going to be able to not be the main? That, I think, is going to be the biggest Mm -hmm. challenge. Obviously, you know, Jordan got out before he had to do that. You know, uh, leaving Chicago, then I don't really count what he did with the Wizards. But but seeing – you just don't see too many all-time elite players make that transition to second fiddle. You know, Tim Duncan did it. Yeah. Uh, with Kawhi Leonard coming along, and even Kareem had to do it uh, when Magic came onto the scene. 
So that's going to be the now, challenge for the next couple of years for, for LeBron. Exactly. And now, being the Lakers fan you are, and you just let us know where you stand, that LeBron is going to, you know, you're, you're buying into LeBron had two houses in the L.A. thing. Who, if you're Talinka and Jeannie B and Magic, what are you giving up to have LeBron in purple and gold to not raise another banner in Staples, even if he does come? But, I mean, you know. Well, well, that's the, that's the thing. The, the The Lakers are operating at a different level than the other franchises. I, I think even even Boston. I know Boston's got more titles. The Lakers thrive on personalities, and mm-hmm. the tough sell to the Lakers fans has been, you know, this young core. They're getting better. Uh, you know, increased wins this year and. And Lonzo Balls come in, and I hope they do something with Julius Randle because I think he's uh, a, a more than serviceable player. Um, I, I just the Lakers, the Lakers need LeBron. They they need a a star. I don't think Paul George moves the needle enough. I, I just don't think he does. Oh. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. When you look at the history of the Lakers, I mean, no franchise replaces super-duper stars with super-duper stars like the Lakers. You know, we had, uh, you know, we had Ed on a couple of weeks ago, or was it last week, talking about that, is, you know, they just now got uh, Elgin Baylor, a statue outside of Staples, and you look at his numbers, he's all over the NBA record book, but even to diehard Lakers fans, before you even mention Elgin Baylor's name, maybe the fifth or sixth Laker you get to. That's the kind of franchise that that, that the uh, the Lakers are. So uh, I think they've this off season they've really got to make a push to bring in. They've got to have a, a, an elite player, and I, I I'm not sold on uh, Paul George to be that guy. What I don't want to have happen is, like I said uh, a few moments ago, what do the Lakers have to give up to get a LeBron? That's going to be the issue. That's going to be the the the, the thing, you know, whether it's getting under the salary cap, whatever it is, or players, however it works out. Because uh, you have LeBron and nobody else, well, that's, you know, you're no better off. But I think if you're able to get LeBron and, and keep some pieces and, and add you know, another all-star caliber player, now you're talking. Obviously, that's a pipe dream, but uh, the Lakers have done it before. Now, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I don't ever really delve huge into contracts and all of that, but if, I'm, if I heard right, the Lakers have two, two max contract spots available for next year, they're loaded yes. up with. They got plenty of money to spend, right? Basically, they've got plenty of, uh, of money to spend. And again, you know, with the luxury tax and all that, the Lakers, unlike some of the other teams, uh, and I know they don't want to, but they they can print money. I mean, it's L.A. They mm-hmm. can charge what they want to to get people into Staples. 
They've got uh, the media rights with Tom Warner. I mean, uh, they're they're the Yankees. It's not a big deal, and I'm saying that not being the accounting department, but it's it's not an issue. I wouldn't think if the Lakers go over budget for just a, a smidge. But they, but that being said, they do have uh, uh, they do have some space available to make some moves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, quick score update: NBA TV. The Raptors are up forty-five to forty on the Wizards. A minute eighteen to go before halftime. Pacers in Cleveland ahead forty-four to forty. Five minutes and change left in the uh, second quarter. That game is on TNT. Uh, Indiana had him the other night and you know, Denny Green fashion let him off the hook um, and it was kind of a tale kind of deja vu you know the, the Cavs jumped out and, and hit him in the mouth built a 15, 16, 17 point lead Indiana slowly surely reeled him back in and had the lead uh, much like he did in the first game in Indiana Indianapolis to go up 2-1 to one. Uh, had them, but then it slipped away on them in the end, and Cleveland escapes <laughs> with uh, with the series tied two apiece. And now with the decisive game five for both of these teams, you know, Toronto and Cleveland at home, two to two in dogfights against Indiana and Washington. Yeah, and, and, and the issue is in, if you're a Cleveland fan, you've got to be concerned that LeBron has played the last two second halves in their entirety. That's a concern. Yeah. And I think I've touched on it before, that you don't want LeBron to have to be Superman until the finals. Like, you don't want LeBron to have to do it all until the finals. But if LeBron is going to have to you know, his usage rate, his being involved rate, you know, is just astronomical at this point. You don't want that just for the Pacers. That's the thing. And so uh, that would be a concern. So it's like, yeah, you can you can move on to the next, uh, you know, semifinals, but you don't want LeBron having to do all that. That's not a good thing for anybody. Uh, the the Pacers, uh, and, and I, I think that this goes back to their history. I know they made the finals in '02, was it or '01 or 2000? 2000, 2000. But the Pacers historically yeah. have kind of always been the. You you remember them for agitating the champion, but never being the champion. You know, you you you, mm-hmm. you kind of remember the Pacers always having performing well in the playoffs, but just not having it. And I think this isn't any different. the The difference is going to be that uh, Cleveland has LeBron and uh, the Pacers don't. But yeah. When you talk about the Pacers, you got to talk about Lance Stevenson and. Well, I mean, we've all played with that guy playing pickup, right? We've all played with the guy that – and this is this is why I love Lance. 
he thinks he's LeBron's equal. Like, he's not coming at it as a, as a little brother. He thinks that he is equal to LeBron. And, and I'm not even – you can't even be mad about that. But <laughs> So just the way he can <laughs> aggravate uh, – he can aggravate LeBron. Uh, I, yeah, I just haven't seen this from someone kind of not as it, – I mean, it's, 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 it's just crazy that – of all the people in the league that LeBron has played against, the only one that seems to visibly get under his skin <laughs> is Lance Stevenson. Yeah. And, and, and Lance is the player. He makes some great plays because of that fearlessness. But you're going to get three or four plays where you're like, dear Lord, Lance, what are you doing? You know, a lot of people said, you know, at the end of the game the other night, uh, you know, he got tangled up with Gerald Green and, the refs this, the refs that. Look, man, he he grabbed him in a headlock. That is a foul. That is, I don't care what else. You can't grab somebody around the head. And, 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 and you know, he'll he'll take shots that are just poorly timed. He'll, he'll you know, passes that are a little too fancy. But if you're going to roll with Lance, then you're going to have to roll with him. You know, that's just going to be the way it goes. Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, like fifty-two to forty-seven right now, Pacers, and and you know these are all professional athletes, professional franchises. But you know sometimes there is an intimidation factor. You know if you're the number one seed, if you're the title contender, if you're the greatest player in the league, the Pacers. From the jump in this series, haven't backed down at all. I mean, they went in, and you know, LeBron is this undefeated streak in the first round of not losing in forever, been sweeping first rounds for years, and they went into Cleveland and just stomped them in Game One. Um, you know, and, and Lance was making plays, and, and you had the high risk, high reward stuff with him, but he was making plays. Uh, he, that, he drove down the lane for that baptism in game one uh, with LeBron, I think, trailing, trying to get a steal from behind. Um, they have not backed down at all. I think it was uh, Bogdanovich or something like that went off for 29, 30 points in one of the games in Indiana that led to the comeback. So you're getting – a lot of these other guys that are doing stuff. Oladipo has had some moments, but he hasn't really went crazy like you would think. And they're sitting there 2-2, got the lead in Cleveland right now, still a whole second half to go. But they, I mean, it's a 4-5 matchup seeding-wise, and the Pacers haven't been on TV at all, you know, once through the regular season. Cleveland was on every other night. Nobody knows about this Pacers team. But they they ain't scared, and you know that fearlessness, fearlessness is rubbing off. Nate McMillan, I think, is rubbing off because he wasn't scared of anybody. Remember him back in Seattle with those great Sonics teams, rugged, tough defenders, and he wasn't scared of anybody. And I think that has trickled down. Uh, he's done a great job there with the Pacers, and really hasn't gotten a lot of credit for what he's done with them. Yeah, we're, number one, we're old because, yeah, I remember Nate <laughs> McMillan playing for Seattle. Uh, Sean Kemp yes. had a great article 
in the Players' Tribune talking about his time in Seattle. And I don't know if it's 30 for 30 worthy, but the simple fact the Sonics only got to one NBA Finals with that team, I mean, that was, of course, Kemp and Peyton, Nate McMillan and Detlef Shrimp and Sam Perkins. That team was loaded. Um, Hersey Hawkins. And just Hersey Hawkins. Yeah, and just, I mean, they were, they were built and, and rugged, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but you're right. Indiana has taken it, has taken the fight to, and what we're seeing in the in the final, not in the finals, but just in the playoffs, is you've got to have another guy that can create off the dribble, mm-hmm. and that is what Cleveland is missing right now. There's no one that can offset LeBron. There's no one that can attack without kind of feeding off LeBron. And that, I think, is going to be the Achilles heel of this team moving forward. Uh, I mean, you see it with uh, going out to Oklahoma City and and Utah. And I I never bought into that big three. Mm -hmm. Because the big three are all ISO guys. And what we saw from the Thunder this year in this playoff is really what we have seen going back to the Durant, uh, Westbrook, Harden days where you got your guys that take turns going ISO. The way the NBA is anymore. The the rules have changed where, you know, especially when you have a big man, a shot blocker like Rudy Gobert for the Jazz, that can clog up the lane, you know, that can sag off a little bit, your teams can play uh, a little, you know, tweaked version of zones. Uh, right. And that's what the Thunder have been doing. It's, that's what killed them, even with Durant and Westbrook, you know, when they were up 3-1 on, um, on the Warriors, it's, okay, you go, uh-huh. then I go. You go, then I go. Yeah. And what happens is mm-hmm. I love the way Westbrook plays, but if if he's not ISOing, he goes to the corner outside the three-point line, and he stands there with his hands on his hips. I mean, that, that, that's, no. that's just not a way to do it. If nothing else, you've got to move because people are looking at you. So I don't know what the Thunder are going to do. I think George is gone. I don't think no. Carmelo is going to say bye-bye to his $28 million option. So I, I, I don't know what you do. They've changed coaches. They've, they've let players walk. Uh, I, I think you touched on talking about the window for the Sixers. I think that Sam Presti and the Warriors, if you hooked them up to truth serum right now, letting Harden go and just just blowing things up, when we're going to look at, they had three of the best young players of this generation on one team. You've got to ride that out, and they didn't. And, and I, I, I kind of get it, but man, you got to. If, if I've got those guys, you got to pry them away from my hands, especially after <laughs> one finals run. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but with Utah, uh, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, what else can you say about this kid? Yes, he's a little kid, but but he's become the go-to as a rookie 
on a playoff team, on a team that's won a playoff series. That's rare. You got to give the kid his props. You know, whatever side you sit on between the him and and uh, the uh, Ben Simmons debate, Donald Mitchell's getting it done out there in, in Salt Lake City. And that's who Russ should have been trying to shut that bleep out on. I mean, Rubio got warm on you, but Mitchell's been killing you. And, you know, the leadership in OKC, you know, should have took it upon yourself that, well, we better shut Mitchell down. Uh, Paul George losing his battle with Joe Ingles. <laughs> like Kenny Smith said, Rubio is, I mean, if you shut him down and hold him scoreless, you can still lose the game because he's not that kind of guy. And, you know, he's facilitating all these other guys who are just killing you. And that's what happened to him the last game. Yeah, and, and I, I love Russ. I love what he, I love Russ, and I love what he brings. But I, I just, I, I have to say, and I talked about this, I think, at the barbershop, that he may go down as one of the more difficult superstars to play with uh, in NBA history, simply because just the way he plays is not, I don't want to say it's not team basketball, but he only plays one speed. And if you can't catch up to him even as a teammate, that's, that's an issue. You know, if you can't get along with Kevin Durant when it comes to sharing the ball, and, and this is not to say that he's selfish or anything like that. This is just how he plays. But I just can't think of another superstar that couldn't adjust what they do to make sure their teammates stay involved. Absolutely. Got also just give a shout to Michelle Morton, who says she is getting us live for the first time in three weeks. We had a little blog talk issues where she wasn't able to catch us while we were on Better Catch Podcast. So uh, she sent us some tweets saying she's listening live. She is set up shop watching the Cavs and Pacers and listening to us. So, Michelle, we appreciate it. Thanks for sticking with it and have some Cosmos for us, and we're glad you are hearing us live as we're going right now. We got Absolutely. Much love to my, She's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, my Rockets have a chance to close out Minnesota at 930. They come on 930 on TNT, the same time as the Jazz and Thunder on NBA TV, kind of saw what I was hoping for in game four in Minnesota. Houston is a number one seed. They have championship aspirations. They have made no bones about, and everybody's shooting for the Warriors, but Houston has made sure to let everybody know they're gunning for the Warriors. And if you are a number one seed, you can't be messing around with a number eight seed. You, with that comes that killer instinct to where you've got to knock a team out. Game three in Minnesota, they were up there up 2-0 and just couldn't do anything down double digits 
Uh, Carl Towns emerged and had a good game. He kind of roared back from the fourth season in Houston. And Minnesota wanted more. Minnesota won it. Minnesota got themselves back into the series. They protected their home court in the first game. So I was very curious to see how Houston would come out in game four. And it was a struggle. It was back and forth in the first half. The second half, they came out and and KO'd. They dropped 50 in the third quarter. They had scored 50 in the entire first half. Outscored them 50 to 20 in the third quarter. The targets in the crowd, you could hear a pin drop. Took them thoroughly, just took them completely out of the game. Took the life out of Minnesota. In uh, route to winning by 19, it wasn't that close. But that's what you want to do. And you want to do the same thing again tonight. Knock them out. In this series, uh, the article I wrote before the series started, I thought he should win in five. You got him back at home. You should not want to have to make another trip to Minnesota. So don't even let it come to that. Just KO them again. They are a bad matchup, so take advantage of it and and do what you have done. Uh, Defensively, it was awful. In game three, when Minnesota scored, I don't know how many, 125 points. And they're not not even a team that scores. They're not even a good scoring team, and they were doing whatever they wanted to uh, in game three. But knock them out and end this series and and get ready uh, to move on to the next one. And that's what a title contending team should do. You remember the Bulls just talking about taking care of business and how they would usually – sweep and, and knock out teams, you know, playing the Wizards in the first round, playing the Nets in the first round. Let's get this over with. We ain't trying to be fooling around with this eight seed. So that's what I want to see Houston do. Yeah, uh, and I, uh, I was wrong. I didn't think that the Harden uh, CP3 tandem would work just because with both of those guys being really ball-dominant. But unlike OKC, they found a way to both excel and play off each other. And when Harden had a bad game the other night, CP3 was there to to step in and and get things done. And that's what you have to have. You have to have multiple options if you're going to challenge the Warriors. So uh, I am glad for you that uh, that the Rockets are, are winning. But I'd like to see Cat have a monster game. I'm just being a little selfish with that. Yeah, yeah, I, and I understand that. And if you know, Cat was playing against any other team, I would be, you know, pulling for him 100. You know, percent If it was Wolves Lakers in the playoffs, I, you know, I'd be wanting Cat to have a monster game. But you know how it is when it's your squad. You just kind of that's that's just you know you just can't do that. <laughs> I just can't. You know, I love Cat. But not in this series. I just I just can't do that. <laughs> but uh, you definitely hope they, you know, take care of business and and move on to the second round. Um, Pelicans have already done that. Uh, swept Portland. Nobody picked New Orleans to do anything. And you referenced AD not being human. I was listening to our guy Aaron Fentress 
you know, Monday after Portland got swept. And you can you can see kind of what they were saying. He was kind of trying to keep it real. As far as Portland being a three seed, he said when you look at it realistically, Utah and Rudy Gobert, Rudy missed a lot of time, missed a lot of games. He said if he plays a full season, they're better than Portland. Boogie got hurt with New Orleans, missed a lot of time. If he's able to play a full season, they're even better. They just proved that they were better as a sixth seed by sweeping. Um, Jimmy Butler missed 17 games with Minnesota. He felt they were better than Portland. So he kind of felt they were fool's goal as a three, but they still should they got swept. But we all know they did get swept. And all the credit goes to, to Anthony Davis, to Rondo, Darius Miller, Drew Holiday. I mean, <laughs> they were just playing just so well. I mean, everything was working. They had it all rolling. And this Pelicans Warriors is going to be fun to watch. Uh, who like Steph is going to be there. And by all accounts, the Warriors are, they are taking New Orleans extremely serious because they are a very formidable opponent and they are playing great. You talk about peaking at the right time, Alvin Gentry has them doing exactly that. Well, Anthony Davis, I mean, he's a monster. And, and the numbers he's put up with, with Boogie being out, but if you've got Holiday playing at a high level and playoff Rondo being playoff Rondo, I I don't know if they beat Golden State, but that's a series that everybody on the East Coast is going to stay up and watch. I'll tell you that right now, because yeah. you know you can say who is uh, who's going to guard uh, Kevin Durant, who's guarding Anthony Davis. If if it's, mm-hmm. if, it's <laughs> if it's your boy, you know, Crotch Kicker, <laughs> Draymond. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Davis Anthony Davis eats him a lot I mean that's that's a that's a no go uh, that's a matchup nightmare on both ends uh, I think if if Alvin Gentry wants to you you, you can rotate uh, Davis on KD maybe not the whole series but for stretches because I think he can make Kevin Durant actually work a little bit so this was going to be interesting. This is one of those series that it's going to have a, a conference finals or a finals feel because you've got who uh, Kevin Durant, who we all say is kind of 1A, one, one 1B one with uh, LeBron being the best uh, on the planet. But you've also got Anthony Davis, who is knocking on that door, who is not, not knocking. And, and the best part about it, I hope, that, that John Wall is able to advance, uh, obviously. But, but Anthony Davis, this is for Colin Cowherd saying, you know, what have Kentucky players done in the, in the, in the league? Anthony Davis is not he's, – you know, he he's the next evolution into what we do as humans, to be honest with you. <laughs> Absolutely. So definitely going to be looking at that. It's going to be a fun series. Um, just real quick, the Braves are getting on my nerves. They were 12-8 and eight, coming into Cincinnati to play the pathetic Reds. 
They've already dropped the first two games of the series. We're up three nothing tonight, and now they're down four to three. So uh, look, this is a team where you could really pad your record. You know, you're twelve and eight. You're you're doing well. Now you're twelve and ten after the first two games. Ridiculous. And if you lose three out of four, if you get swept by Cincinnati, it's horrible. Yeah. 48 people in the stands, and Atlanta is struggling and floundering against them. Real quick, last thought, NFL draft this weekend, that's going to dominate uh, alongside the NBA playoffs. Anything in particular you want to see your 49ers do uh, between now and Sunday or Saturday, whenever the draft's over with? Man, I, I don't even pay attention. I mean, I'm so over the draft and just the <laughs> machine that the NFL's become. I'm, I mean, it's mock drafts. It's, uh, I mean, they had a whole special on ESPN releasing the schedule. I mean, you know, like yeah. 80% of the schedule was known way back when. You know you've got your division teams, uh, and then uh, each division matches up with another division. Um, so you know most of this going in, but they've made it a, a thing, and it's just, Oh, spare me. I, I, I'm i not even going to catch it. What I'm excited for this weekend is I'm going to see the new Avengers movie. That's that, the Infinity War. Oh, that's sure. what I'm going to go see. Um, I've already got my tickets uh, for a Friday night, so I'm excited uh, about that. That's right. That's right. Um, definitely have fun doing that. We, uh, we teased last week that this week would be our collaboration show with the KY Sports guys, uh, Coach Hurt is out of town, so we're going to do that next week, next Wednesday, uh, same time. We'll all touch base again, but I'm going to say 6.30. We will cross-pollinate, as you say. We'll be on, probably call in to the KY Sports guys and just cut a food and talk about who knows what and have some random moments of hilarity like we did the last time that they – we're on the show with us, and we got a musical guest pencil in that we've had on before. Uh, looking to have this guest on again with us, so it's going to be a lot of fun. NBA playoffs galore next week. All things UK next week as always. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. And appreciate you putting up with me being late this evening, TV. No, not a problem at all. We got it all taken care of. We had Mr. Rose on. So, uh, definitely uh, another great show. Absolutely. Appreciate y'all tuning in. This will be up on CastBox FM pretty quick after the show. So, download that app, subscribe, comment, rate the show, tell us how much you like us, tell us how much you enjoy it, give us some stars and all that good stuff. We'd appreciate it. And TB and I are going to watch some playoff games and, and do whatever else. And we have to get the scoop on the playoff games you're playing in next week as well. I saw you tweet out the scoreboard and put playoffs. Playoffs? So we have to get, get the lowdown on all that next week. We, we won by three. We won by three. So I'm excited about that. So we, we moved into all the right. final four of our 18 league. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Survive in advance. Go ahead. We see you. <laughs> yeah, I was able to score a few points. Feeling pretty good about that, so 
Hopefully next there week, you go. Uh, well, actually Sunday we play again. I think we play the top seed. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. There you go. And we'll, of course, be talking even more Derby next week. So for Terry T.B. Brown, Mr. Sam Rose Sr., thanks so much, gentlemen. Appreciate y'all listening. We will see y'all next week on Cat's Talk Wednesday, Brown and Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com.